Hi, everyone. Welcome to Who Can It Be Now? And this episode, I'm going to tell you about in a minute. But if for those of you watching me on YouTube, I'm wearing the same outfit as the intro to the episode to Unconscious and Conscious Dreaming. And if you're wondering why I'm wearing the same outfit, you may not because I wear a lot of the same outfits because I'm not a clothes person. Um, the reason is, is because I'm recording the intro on the same day. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought I'd share that. Um, I, I, I'm learning how to brush my hair more, though I didn't brush it today. Um, I'm learning how to uh, not touch my nose during uh, meditations, during uh, recordings, because I touch my nose a lot. I stick my finger in my ear because my guides talk to me in my ear. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it looks like I'm picking my nose and picking my ear. <laughs> I think one thing I was like touching my ear and I looked like I flicked something. I swear I didn't. I did not flick anything. Um, but but I just do that. I touch my ear a lot because they're like talking to me and I'm like, uh, you know, so anyway. Hello, we have a special episode for you today. This is a, I don't do this on my podcast, but my beautiful, beautiful, she's more than an assistant, Jess, um, suggested we revisit this podcast because it's all about boundaries around the holidays. And the reason why I don't usually revisit podcasts, although we may do that a little bit because there's some really great ones. And for those of you who are just joining us, you may have not um, listened to those, is because I love doing new material. I always like it to be something new. Um, but this one is a revisit because it's so good. It's with Monique and Grissad, uh, Grisso. I always say her name wrong. You'll hear it in the podcast. And Monique is a boundaries coach. And she's so much more than that. She's a healer. She's in Next Level Living. She's a coach in SFA. If anybody joins Soulfinder Academy, she's the coach on there. And um, she's just really wonderful at everything she does. And she really has incredible boundaries. She used to be a partner in a law firm. And um, anybody who has boundaries, but she really learned about boundaries even after that. And you can hear more about her in other podcasts because I've interviewed her um, on different topics and she's just fascinating. And so this podcast is really good because it's about boundaries during the holidays. And we can all use boundaries during the holidays. Maybe me not so because I kind of like live far away from my family, but I know what it was like when I used to go and visit them for the holidays and how I had to have those boundaries. So um, I think you're really going to enjoy this revisit of this podcast. And maybe you did listen to it when it first came out, but you're not going to remember it, right? So listen to it again, enjoy it. And you can learn about Monique in the show notes. And of course, I'm sure I talk about, talk, talk about her quite a bit in this episode, but, um, I just think this is a great topic and this is a great time for the holidays to have those boundaries so you can self-care and take care of yourself and, um, just really do what's good for you. Do what's good for you. I learned early on, I'll give you one, I'll probably share this story in the podcast. Um, but one of my boundaries was I was going back to New York to uh, visit my family for the holidays. And I was like, how am I going to do this? And this spiritual advisor I was working with at the time, she said, why don't you act like a exchange student? Make it like you're an exchange student and you're just there observing their behavior. And it worked. I didn't have the triggers. And anytime there was like triggering stuff going on, I'd be like, wow, I'm an exchange student. These people are interesting. And it worked. It really worked. So I probably talk about that. I don't know. Um, if I don't, there you have, there's my tip to help you to not get triggered by your family during the holidays. And you can really come from a place of love, which is really great. All right. You're going to hear a little music. You're going to go into it. If you're interested in Next Level Living, Monique is in Next Level Living. We have an incredible group of people in there. Go to marilynlaurie.com forward slash next. And as always, rate, review, subscribe, share, 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 especially this episode. Share it. Share it with your family. Maybe that'll really help. All right. Have a great time. Enjoy it. You'll hear a little music and I'll see you soon. Bye.
Hi, everyone. We are talking to Monique today. Monique, Monique, Monique. Monique is, Monique, say your last name because I won't be able to say it. I'll it's Garso, G-A-R-S. It's like G-A-R-S-O, Garso. It's how it's pronounced. Garso. So we are talking to Monique, Monique Garso. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Monique, but before I read her bio, I'm going to tell you about my experience with Monique. So um, I met Monique about, I believe it was like a year and a half ago, but I don't pay okay. attention to time, but that's what she'll say. She just said yes. And um, she came into membership and I remember like, cause I don't, you know, I just kind of move along, but I just remember her being in membership and thinking, oh, this is like a nice light here. This is a spark here. Like a lot of members are. So don't take it like, she never says that about me. And um, she asked us about Soulfinder Academy in Messenger. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. You know, this is a new person in membership who wants to join Soulfinder. She may have a different understanding of this story, but this is my experience. So I get to tell it my way. So then she went into Soulfinder Academy and um, it was just so great to get to know her because I really get to know people very well in that program. It's much more um, high touch with me. Um, and then she, uh, we did a little bit of coaching together and we, at that point, Boxer was offered in Soulfinder Academy. We got to know each other via Boxer, which is an app. And I just really loved everything about Monique and what she has to offer. And so we invited her to do a class for membership and she's a boundaries coach. She's a lot more than just a boundaries coach. And that's what you're going to learn about her today. And I think this is the perfect topic around approaching the holiday, holiday season. And I'm really excited to get into this conversation with her because she's somebody who's very got very clear boundaries. She's very clear about them. And would, she's doing a class called Boundaries for Empaths. And empaths need boundaries, whether you are verbally speaking the boundary or you're energetically speaking the boundary, you need a boundary. I was on a team call right before this and one of my team members was sick and I was starting to feel sick physically sick because I pick up the physical energy and I'm like boundary. So I'm excited to have this conversation and how this talk about boundaries for the holidays. But let me tell you a bit about Monique and then I'm going to give her a minute to talk. Uh, when Monique, she went to law school, when she entered law school years ago, she believed the way to happiness was to be a driven independent woman with a financially successful career. But deep down, a still inner voice told Monique that being a successful lawyer was not her soul's path. And I so can relate to this story. At first, Monique ignored the voice and believed if she pushed herself hard enough, everything would fall into place and the voice would fall silent. As life would have it, this did not work. And Monique became extremely ill and bedridden for several years. Many things she treasured, her home, her finances, relationships, and independence disappeared. The only thing that remained was the voice, was the still voice wanting to be set free. As Monique began to peel back the layers of how and why she got sick, her healing abilities emerged and her love affair with energy healing began. She became a certified energy healer, Reiki master and certified life coach. Today, Mo Monique shares all she has learned with clients and she's one of the coaches in Soulfinder Academy as well as she has her own business. She works with people who are at a crossroad in their lives and helps each one tap into something greater than themselves. And if anybody understands that, it's somebody who's been through the evolution themselves in that life, that you could really coach from a place of expertise experience. So she coaches people into a greater understanding of themselves so they can live a life on their terms without excuses or apologies. Her motto is that not only is anything possible, 
but everything is possible. Welcome, Monique. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited. I, I just really like, I'm so glad we're finally getting to sit down, even though I know a bit about you and have this conversation. So before I go into, tell us a little bit about like what that moment was like when you were like pushing the still voice apart, upside. And that's like a boundary thing, right? You know, pushing the still voice away. And then you got sick. Just tell us a little bit about that because we have so many people that relate to that story and I want them to hear it from your perspective. Yeah, well, you know, in retrospect, it's so easy. Well, it's not so easy, but it is easy now from where I stand to see what was going on. And I had no boundaries. I had, I didn't even know what a boundary was. And I had never really heard of the concept. I certainly did not have boundaries in place because I lived from a space of, I was a good person if I gave myself away. I was a good person if I did everything. I was the go-to girl. I mean, I was, I remember the, the partner for whom I worked and who was my mentor, who I still adore today. But I remember telling everybody, my job in my life is to make his life easier. Mm. And so, and he loved it because he lived this fabulous life while I toiled away. I worked, you know, seven days a week. And I thought that's what really made me valuable. Yeah. And once I got sick and, you know, when you literally are in bed, you have nothing but time to start reviewing your life and to see what decisions you make and all of that. And I learned that what I thought was value and love and all of these, these notions that are put into us as children was what made me sick is it's because I wasn't living as Marilyn always talks about, you know, your soul's life and what makes you happy and what brings you joy. And none of it was, it was all of the templates and belief systems that I had learned as a child, whether it was through my family, through my school, whatever structural hierarchies were in place that tell us how we should behave and what makes us good people. So it takes that moment to finally like hit the wall and stop before you have this understanding of this like kind of restrictions that you create, these boundaries that aren't healthy that you've created. Is that true? Like, is that what happened? Well, this, and this is what I've learned through boundaries. And it was so fascinating to me because really it was one of the hardest concepts for me to grasp and one of the most challenging for my clients. Boundaries are not restrictive, mm. but we are taught that boundaries are restrictive, particularly as empaths. And, and that is something, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go down the, the road completely. I'll, that would be in the class. But when we start hemming ourselves in, this is what happens. It happens mm. to us energetically. It happens to us physically. So when we really embrace a boundary, and, and for the sake of our discussion, I'm just going to tell you, when I talk about a boundary, it's really the spaces where we define what we will or will not do, what we will or will not tolerate, and what we will or will not accept. And when we get very clear in those areas, this is what happens. We grow. We expand. And what boundaries do is they give us the ability to step into our light at a different level. Mm. And it gives us the gift of the word no. And when we say no, whether it's to a person or to a situation, we are saying yes to ourselves. So this huge expansion happens. 
So, and that's my invitation to everybody is to really examine what they think a boundary is. Because when we start to think a boundary is something that's gonna keep me safe and it's gonna keep me protected, this is what happens to us, mm -hmm. particularly energetically, particularly as empaths. So when we see a boundary instead as something that is going to open us up and invite in more of who we are, we just grow. And then so many more things become possible. And so for me, that was a big like, aha, when I changed that, that understanding of what a boundary could do for me and really what it was and, and how I didn't have any of that in my life. You know, so I, I want to like, dive deeper into how, how can you work with boundaries if, with that understanding? Like, so how can you restructure it or how are you, what's a conversation? Let's start here, Monique. What's a conversation you can have with yourself to even know that that's a boundary and it's possibly restricting you? Well, this is where our bodies in particular become so important because our bodies are what we call our barometer of truth. And so our bodies tell us, when we are that in tune with our bodies, our bodies tell us when a boundary has been crossed. Mm. And before I explain that, I just wanna also let people know, this is another misconception about boundaries. They do not involve anyone else. No one crosses your boundaries. Your boundaries are yours to own, they're yours to create and they're yours to maintain. And even Say though they arise, that is so good. Say those three things again. Yes. They're yours to own. They're yours to create and they're yours to maintain. And, you know, I look back in my life and I remember, I remember saying, Oh, you know, all high and mighty. So-and-so crossed a boundary. Can you believe she said that or she behaved that way and blah, blah, blah. No, absolutely not. I was allowing that to happen because I did not make clear what I was willing to put up with or agree to or whatever. So what happens is when we start, even though our boundaries involve other people and relationships, it's still about us. So it's not about, we are not here to change someone's behavior. That is not what a boundary is about. Those, the people in our lives or, you know, or even the public, they're entitled to behave and think however they want. But it's up to us to figure out how we respond to that. And whether it's something very simple to something very extreme. And in, in the boundary coaching that I do, we, we have like different layers of boundaries. I, the first one is basically, I call it a baby boundary. It's like a beginner boundary. It's something you would put in place just because it would, it would just make life so much easier. Like for instance, you know, it drives, it drives me nuts when people leave like dirty dishes in the sink. So I, you know, I'd like to put a boundary in place around doing other people's dishes, but it's not the end of the world. It's not gonna harm me. It's not gonna really upset my world. You know, I lived, for those of you that know me well, I just separated from living with my 87 and 89 year old parents. And, you know, it's very difficult to live with elderly people. and you know, I would come to the sink every day and there's the dishes that my dad has put in because he was used to me yeah. cleaning the sink. And, you know, sometimes I'd say it would really be nice if you did it, but if he didn't, who cares? I'm just going to do the dishes. That, that would be fabulous if he did, but no big deal. 
But then we move into the second layer of boundaries, which we call just kind of the intermediary. They're really good to have and they make us feel better. And, you know, that could look something like, um, an inter let me think of what an intermediary body, because for me, I have so many, um, hey, <laughs> yeah, gee, I know a lot of us are used to the dishes, right? I know. Um, Okay, for let, I'm going to say like politics. I do not enjoy getting into political discussions with people. I don't enjoy being around um, political discussions. So I have a boundary around that, that generally I will say, you know, I appreciate your perspective, but I, I don't want to have that conversation. But it, again, if they continue Depending upon the circumstances, it is not the end of the world for me. You know, unless they're unless they're spewing hate and racism and bigotry and that kind of thing. But if it's just someone venting, I will, I will, you know, sometimes I will just be okay. But when it crosses into the boundaries that are really what we call the non-negotiables, they're the bottom line boundaries. And those are almost harmful in the sense that, like, for instance, I have bottom line boundaries around, you know, being in an abusive relationship or dating someone who is um, an addict. Um, those are clear and those are very extreme situations, but I'm very clear about that. Um, and so boundaries show up in our lives in the smallest of ways and in the biggest of ways. But the important thing is, is that we begin with the smallest of ways. Because even though things seem inconsequential, like the dirty dishes situation, it's getting us comfortable with A, recognizing our triggers, and B, being able to voice them in a loving, kind, caring way. And then C, getting used to other people's discomfort. Because what happens is, particularly in relationships, and family, and we'll get to this when we talk about the holidays, because I mean, you know, family and holidays are like, what is it, water and oil. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Is that, okay, so it's about making other people. So what happens is when we grow up in families, we all take on these personas. So people are used to people behaving in a way. And when you start changing that with your boundaries, it makes people very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I just went through this with my entire family because I was always known as the go-to girl, the woman that's going to handle everything for everybody. And they are used to that. And I've had to draw some pretty substantial boundaries this year um, with my family because of my parents, because of their age, because of dealing with their, their even they're alive, it's still their estate, all their belongings, blah, blah, blah. And I had to finally leave, physically leave. I left my my town for two months because I was being expected to do everything. And so I said, the only way for me to stay in my place of truth, to remain healthy, because it was starting to affect my health, was to physically leave so that they had to figure out, the rest of the family, my siblings, had to figure out what to do with my parents, what to do with their house, and so on and so forth. So it's really important, though, without having the smaller boundaries that I had put in place when I started this work, I never would have been able to say no to my family. I never would have been able to leave town and be like, I'm sorry, I'm, I won't even say, I'm not sorry, because I'm not sorry. But their discomfort with it 
is not mine to own. It is not mine to manage their anger with me. It's not mine to manage their frustration. It's not mine to take on. And so many of us, particularly as women, and it's not all women, but particularly as women, we are taught to give ourselves. We are taught to give ourselves and to allow people just to put on us what, what they want to, because that's, again, you know, it's the caretaker in us, it's the savior, it's the person who wants to make everybody happy. Um, but what we do in those situations is we drain ourselves, we bleed ourselves away. Go ahead, Marilyn, I know you have a question. Well, no, I have a lot of questions. I'm just okay. making notes because the first thing I have way too many questions now, but the first thing I, know, I, I could go on and on, but I, I right. Go no. Oh, good. It's such an important conversation. But so let me try to, let me try to backtrack a second. You said okay. your body tells us when yes, a boundary is yes, being crossed. Yes. So go there for a second and then we'll okay. continue to go to everything else. Yes. Cause this is, this is what's so important and why it's so you know, all of all the people that take us through meditations and teach us about, you know, our body and blah, blah, blah. Our bodies are the place that we live. It is the place where our light exists. So for me, when a boundary is crossed, and again, that is me crossing my own boundary, that is when my light goes out. Mm. So I feel it. We all feel it in our bodies, but we all may not know it. But our bodies will tell us, like, for instance, you know, when, when people think of, of a boundary that's been crossed, or they think of a relationship or a situation where there's anger or resentment, I want people just to sit in that place, close their eyes, breathe into that anger, and see where in your body that shows up. Mm. Because the body always, whatever any repressed feeling we've had, is stored in our body. Yep. It just does. And, you know, for those of us that work in the quantum area and in all that, what happens out here ends up in here. It's just the way it works. So, so when I, and that, that's what happened to me. I mean, I had stopped so much crap of denying who I was, of never saying no, of, of not even recognizing what joy was. And the fear and the anxiety, my body took it all off. Yeah. So it was all stored in my body. And that's what happened. So the, the more we're in relationship to our bodies and understand our bodies, and that is from everything through, you know, I mean, again, as empaths, we probably feel a little, a little quicker and a little better than some people, which is a gift, you know, to, so we can tap in oh gosh, that felt really uncomfortable. You know, oh, my shoulders just went tight or my stomach really hurt or all of a sudden I got a back pain. And we all have different tells, you know, but I really, I really recommend that people really work with their body around, um, around that to see next time you get in a situation where you feel really uncomfortable or you feel anger or you feel resentment, check in with your body and see where you feel it. Yeah, the thing is, though, I, I love that. And I completely agree with that 1000%. It's then there's a belief system around it, which you've already talked about, too, because empaths think, oh, I have to do this. Or I, you know, like you said, I have to take care of my family. Or I've met empaths that are like, it's my calling to heal others. You know, I was at a party and there was a situation going on. 
and I got involved in it because it's my healer nature to get involved and it ruined the party for me. And I was like, you can't do that anymore. So we have to also marry the understanding of the boundaries with the belief system, it feels like. Absolutely. And as healers, our belief system, at least the people that I come in contact with and work with, as healers, it's even more entrenched, that belief system of, I have to heal. And I really challenge people to, to take that apart because we are not here to heal anybody. Mm, and I the way I describe it, you know, to my clients is that I'm a vessel. My client is a vessel. And when I'm here, when I say I'm here to heal you, this is what happens. My vessel gets constantly poured into your vessel. Your vessel can never fill up because I'm pouring my energy into you. And then my vessel's empty. And yours is just draining. It just wants more and more and more. So what happens is when we put boundaries in place, and as a healer, when I recognize I am there to support you on your journey in the best way I know possible, and to allow you to enter into your own process in the way that's best for you, I will hold your vessel for you, but I will not fill it up. And there's a real distinction between the two. And it goes back to, and Marilyn, I know you know you talk about this in, in, in SFA and in SAS, it's all of these subconscious beliefs that we take on as children. Or, you know, sometimes we come into the world with them as well, you know, whether it's past life, whether all of that, where we have these beliefs that this is how we're loved, this is how we're worthy, this is how we're valued by giving ourselves away and by trying to save and heal people. And yeah. look whether it's gotten healers through through the you know lifetime of 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 healing. It, so I mean now more than ever, where we are in our evolution and our incarnation of, of humans and as healers, like for me, it's such an amazing time to be a healer, but to also have strong boundaries because you become, at least from my perspective, you become a stronger healer when you've got your boundaries in place, because you are not, you are not depleting your own vessel. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things you said is, uh, and the most important thing is we're responsible for everything. So I want to go to that because I want to move into the, the holidays in a second, but there's a couple more questions that came up. So if a family member, I guess we could do this now, like I had an experience with a brother years ago who, who said something really rude and distasteful in front of my nephew and accused me of something that wasn't true. And I got up from the table and left because I was like, you don't get to speak to me that way. And I went outside cause I'm curious what you would say about this. And we can put this around holidays too. So I went outside and then my mother came out and said, oh, you're being too sensitive. And I was like, that's your opinion, not mine. This is my boundary. But in that moment, I did not have the consciousness that he wasn't crossing my boundaries. So can you just like, and maybe you can move that into holidays and then I'll ask the other question. Like, how do we become aware that the person's not crossing our boundaries if they're saying something so rude? I kind of get what you're saying, but I'd like you to break it down a little bit and then mm -hmm. maybe give us a little bit about holidays and how we can handle this when those things happen because there will be triggers. Right, right. And- it, it, it goes back to the sense of that, okay, first of all, and this is just the basic, you know, 
perspective of everybody's living from their own shit. Yeah. No, whatever he's spewing is from his own wounds and whatever's hurting us is from our wounds. I agree. So when we understand that, um, it makes it, it just, I'm going to say, it makes it easier in the sense of allowing yourself to say, okay, I know I'm triggered and we all get triggered. I mean, it's not like you don't get triggered, but instead of lashing out or, or coming back with something hurtful to him, I know enough in myself that A, I'm not going to put up with that behavior. So yes, I can leave or I can simply have a statement, you know, in order to take care of myself, I will not have this conversation with you right now or whatever it may be, because you're not making it about that other person per se. It's about you standing in your truth. And your truth is, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let somebody talk to me that way. So what are the options that I have where I can still stand in my truth? So I don't come back at, and this is our, this is our natural desire for most of us to be like, oh, well, I'm going to tell you about you, or I'm going to say something nasty to you, or, and all that does, you know, energetically, it just, it's one thing feeding the other. So, you know, Marilyn, I mean, for you is you did what worked for you. And that's what the important thing is. And, and we have to recognize that in those situations, it's okay to walk away. You know, where I think a lot of us feel like, we can't just walk away or we have to engage instead of simply saying, I'm not going there with you and, and, and leave because that is not the behavior that most people are used to or expect of us. And what happens is a lot of the time, and I don't, you know, I don't know your brother, but that pisses them off even more yeah. because you have said, you have said or stated basically not you know, not going to put up with this. So I'm just leaving. Yeah. I have found that it's gotten, you know, that was a long time ago, but it's gotten yeah. easier. Cause once you start setting that boundary, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. It's, it, it's funny how they'll just start like noticing it. And then it's like one quick thing and the trigger goes away, but it's very interesting because it's really a conversation with self at that moment. Yeah. Yes. And that's, what's important. So how yeah. would you, cause this is all about empowerment to me, Monique, empowering totally. yourself. I have one more question. Let me ask this before we go into holidays and then we're going to open up to Q&A for in the membership program. But can somebody have too many boundaries then? Like, can you tilt over? Well, okay. I I don't want to say you could have too many boundaries. What I'll say is they could be too restrictive in the Mm -hmm. sense that if you make everything black and white, and I'll give you an example. For me, and Marilyn knows my food situation because food is for me is like part of my healing. It's part of my medicine. And I have a hard time literally around when I have to eat. That is a hard boundary for me. In this, when I say hard, I don't mean difficult. I mean, I have to eat a certain period or I go down. So that is what I call a non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. Now, I also, there are foods that my body really wants and needs. Now, if I tweak that a little bit, you know, I try to live that every day, but there are days where I'm going to say, no, I want a little extra of that, or I want some gluten or whatever it is that I usually don't eat. I'm going to allow myself that space to do that. And even though I have a boundary around, I'm just going to say gluten around not eating gluten. 
for me, you know, I don't have celiac or it doesn't put me into some kind of, of horrible reaction. I'm going to allow myself the time and the space to sometimes have that pleasure of a piece of bread or a piece of pasta or whatever. So it's again, recognizing what is a non-negotiable boundary because it is, you know, harmful, let's say, as opposed to a boundary that just makes my life easier. Mm. And, and again, that is getting back to really recognizing who we are. And this is why boundaries are so important because they make you meet yourself. They make you start to understand who you are, what you want and what's important to you. Because when we don't have them, none of it matters. It's as simple as someone could say, where do you want to go to eat? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Well, does it really not matter to you? Or you just don't want to step into the place of having to make that decision. And there's a difference. And so those are like tiny boundaries you could put into place. You know, I'm going to speak up when someone says, what do you want to eat? Or where do you want to go to eat? I'm going to say, these are my choices. Yeah. No, I like that. And I like that. I like the lack of victimization. Like it's making you not be a victim. Yeah. And that I feel like is one of the most important conversations because I'm very tired of seeing people say they're a victim to their circumstances and there may be very, very difficult circumstances, but yet there's conversations and boundaries we can have with ourselves. So let's take that for a second. Um, Say somebody's in a very difficult, like a caretaker, you were just a caretaker. So caretaking is very difficult sometimes. How were you able to have boundaries in a scenario like that if you're taking care of it's so hard because there's so many different scenarios like I'm thinking of parents with special needs kids and you know you have to that's everything you give them and like yeah it is it's not easy and it's not easy and you know it so much of it goes back to the self-care practices that we have or don't have and it's, and I know we talk a lot about this in SFA and, um, you know, the thing about self-care is it doesn't have to be something complicated. It doesn't have to be something drawn out, but it, it could be a moment, just that moment. And I always talk about for me when I was so sick and I couldn't get outside because I couldn't go downstairs that. I have this wonderful tea I drink from Hawaii. It's grown on like the side of a mountain or something. And I would connect in like two minutes to the earth where that tea is grown. I would connect to the people that grow it and hand pick it and hand make it. And so that would give me this instant opening. And again, it only, and it's something I would do every day. I drink my tea every day. So when you start integrating your self-care into whatever you're already doing, it makes, particularly for people who are, who are caregivers, it can really help you and give you that boost. But, you know, the thing about caregiving is we can, so many of us, and I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about, I'm not a parent, so I can't talk about parents with children, but I can talk about a child with elderly parents. We convince ourselves nobody else can do it. Yeah. Nobody else can help or no one else understands, or we can't get help in here because of whatever. Um, and those are stories. Those are all stories we tell ourselves. Yeah. And so once we start doing that, again, we start limiting ourselves and shrinking. And so it's recognizing that there are always options and ways 
It doesn't mean it's always going to be easy, but whether it's asking someone, a relative, a friend, a neighbor, you know, could you cook a meal for me? Could you come in and sit with my mother for an hour? Or, you know, part of it's investigating what's available to people, you know, medically or whatever. I mean, but it's recognizing that we don't, again, it's back to saving. We are not there to save people. Um, I love that we're not there to save people. And I also love the self-care because that is a boundary in and of itself. And yeah. when you have those self-care boundaries in place, it helps you to negotiate, to navigate your life better, I find. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let's talk about the holidays before we okay. stop the conversation and go over to the Q&A. Okay. Because this is a really important conversation. And I like the way you describe it. And I also like the responsibility of it. Yeah. So what's some tips or techniques or how you could help people during the holidays with boundaries? Well, you know, it's funny because boundaries for me in the holidays, I call it the three F's. It's family, food, and festivities. Mm. And, um, you know, first of all, my recommendation for everyone is to take a step back and really spend, you know, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, what are your expectations? Because the holidays bring up so many different expectations for people, whether it's our own, whether it's our family, whether it's friends. And so we're all living in this state of expectation, but what do we really, really want? And that is such an important thing because most of us say, oh, well, you know, it's, it's the family get together, so I have to go. Or, you know, Aunt Carol is throwing the Christmas Eve, whatever. So no, no, I'm asking you to decide what it is you really want. And if it's participating, you can participate. If it's not participating, you know, or participating differently, these are options we all have. And I don't think we all recognize that. Um, and it's the same thing about food. You know, when it comes to, we all, so many of us around the holidays, like, you know, it's that, it's that we binge and we splurge and then after like, oh, what have we done? What have I done? And, and that again, we can become really conscious about how is food serving me over the holidays? Is it something I'm using to placate my emotions? You know, is there a boundary I need to put in place simply around, okay, I will allow myself, you know, one dessert or I will allow myself whatever it is, one serving or I won't have any, whatever it is, it's just, you know, it's about your relationship to what you put in your mouth and how you nourish yourself because it doesn't change because it's the holiday season. And I think so many of us fall into those traps of it's the holiday. So everything, the self-care, everything goes out the window. I mean, we could still have, you know, foods that we may not usually eat. We can still drink for those who drink. We can still be with family, but at the same time, if it's things that are not bringing us joy or making us feel good or nourishing ourselves, then I really suggest you take a step back and see what is out of alignment for you in those areas. Yeah, you know? it's really becoming more as you're talking, boundaries around self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. Like it is, mm -hmm. boundaries are self-care. Yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. They start with all self-care. Because again, every boundary, it's between you and you. It's not between you and anyone else, no. or even you and the food. It's between you and you. So what are you doing? And, and, and I can tell you in my practice with my clients, you know, we talk about what are your daily practices? How are you? Where are you in your daily practices? And if you're not where you want to be, what's getting in the way? And let's look at what's getting in the way and why it's getting in the way. Um, because the self-care is where it all starts. And self-care is not caring for other people in the sense of trying to fix, trying to, to make them happy, trying to, you know, all the things we've talked about. That is not self-care. Yeah. And, but let me just say one other quick thing, because this is really important. When we say no, where are we saying no from? Are we saying no from that place of, of the empowerment of saying, I know, like for instance, you know, I won't get in a car with someone who's been drinking. That is again, a hard no for me. I know I am saying that from a place of truth and a place of, of certainty. But are you, there are other instances though where we say no because we want to get back at somebody. Mm -hmm. And there's a huge difference. So I really want people to recognize that when you say no, where are you saying it from? And if you're saying it from the place of, huh, I just told them no, look at me. That is not a place of expansion. And that is not a boundary. That is a place of restriction. And that is not a place of self-love or self-care. I agree. Um, so anyway, yes. And I, I also, to I also feel like when you get very strong in your boundaries, you don't have to explain it either. It's mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Oh no. And I can tell you, I go deep into that with my clients, no explanations necessary. And that's yeah. what I teach. No is a full sentence, period. No, because here's the deal. When we say yes to people, do we go on and on? No, mm -hmm. we don't give an ex. We just say yes. And it ends. No is the same way. When I say no, I say no. I don't apologize to you and I don't need to give you an explanation. But that takes a lot of work, Marilyn, I have to tell you, because that is, again, that is not how we're wired. That's not how we're raised. Um, and that takes a lot of practice. Yeah, I agree with that. And what I had to do early on, like with one of my other brothers, which a therapist recommended, I thought it was very good. When we had a neutral conversation, I had to say to him, when you at do such and such, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to hang up the phone. Yeah. Just right. so you know. Right. And, uh, and, and then the situation happened. I said, this is the moment where I'm hanging up, which I've told you about. And I hung up. And sometimes like just with certain people that we love, we may have to have that conversation in a neutral territory yes. because they're not used to the boundary. Like we've said before. Right. right. But yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. And, that, and that, that's, what's so important is that, is that when you tell someone about your boundary, it's not usually in the state of chaos or in the no. state no. of anger. It is in that neutral state, but you have done the work beforehand to know this is my boundary. So when I get, and I had that with my family, you know, that I finally sat down when it was in a quiet, neutral place saying, here's my boundary. I need to leave town in order for me to take care of my health. But I couldn't do that when we were in the midst of you're not doing this or you're doing this or whatever. Um, so, yes, it's finding that the, the, 
you know, the best time and the best place to present your boundaries. Yeah. And I like how you said, like, you have to know where that's coming from. Like saying the no is a period, because when you're explaining to your family, I'm going to leave town, they may be like, you can't, you know, whatever the conversation is. But when you've set the boundary inside yourself in a really solid place, not fighting it, battling it, it just, I'm, yeah, you know, it's for a, me, it's like, it's oh, a, well, that's what I've decided. So that's right. it. Yeah. So that's it. End of conversation. <laughs> yeah. I don't get into it. <laughs> and it doesn't mean it doesn't come up again. That's the thing, because again, you're certain where you are, but the other person isn't. So like my father has called me multiple times. God love him since I left saying, I know I'm not supposed to talk to you about this, but have you talked to the realtor or whatever? And I will say, daddy, you need to talk to sibling X about that. I am no longer involved. Yeah. I know, I know, yeah. I know. So so it's just being very, you know, very calm, but also very firm it, because you sometimes do have to repeat it because the other people with whom you're in relationship are not accustomed to that. Yeah. So how would you summarize like a little bit of what they could do until your amazing lesson comes out in February? How would you, what would you want to say to everybody as a summarization? Well, I think, first of all, the most important thing is, is to check your self-care practices. And if you don't have any in place, why? And then start putting something in place that's doable, that's manageable. You know, not that something told, that someone told you to do. It's your own, your own practice that you know you can get to every day. Because once you start putting that boundary in place with yourself, when it starts becoming the situation with other people or other circumstances, you already know what it feels like to have a boundary of self-care in place. So it will just extend to the more complicated relationships in your life. So I cannot stress how important those self-care practices are. And then the second thing is the next time you feel anger or resentment or anything of that nature, take some breaths, take a step back, check in with your body and see what it's telling you. How can they find you and what is something that you offer so that everybody knows? I know you put my, um, my website, which is moniquegarso.com. And, you know, right now I'm really focusing on boundary coaching. I'm actually, I'm not doing anything until January, but I offer um, 30 minute free sessions just as an introductory to see if we would work well together. Um, but I'm also doing a group boundary coaching in February, oh, God. which will be good because it's not the one-on-one -on -one and, you know, the price point comes down a little more and you get this group coaching, um, you're with, you know, several other people. So it's, and that's how I learned. I mean, that's how I was coached. So I'll be doing that too. Um, that's great. When are you doing that? That will be in February. Oh, definitely. So can people email you to find out about that as well? Yes, because I have nothing on my website about that right now. But yes, they can email me at care at moniquegarso.com. Great, 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 great. And you have a contact form on the website too. I love yes, that. Yes, they can fill that out. Yeah. I feel like a group would be so incredible because you're going to learn from each other's stories, boundaries absolutely. you can think about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we are, we are each each other's best teachers, you know, because- we're also connected in life and whatever's happening in someone else's life is also probably happening in yours. So yeah. Love well, that. this has been awesome, Marilyn. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, thank you, Monique. We're going to go. So I'm going to okay. stop the live on Facebook okay. and we're going to take some questions over in membership for your soul. 
Um, if you guys are interested in joining Membership for Your Soul, Monique is doing a class that is coming out in February, but we have a great class coming out in December and January. I can't remember what December, December is. And then I know we have something with Jenny Lynn in January, and I believe yours is coming out in February, right? Yeah. It yeah, says, it might be February. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be boundaries for empaths, which this conversation was so important for, important about, and that's going to be the class. Um, you can go to membershipforyoursoul.com. I don't think you can join there, actually. You have to go to joinsoul.com to join, join soul. All right, Monique, thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining Thanks, us. Everyone. Thank you, Marilyn. Bye. Bye. Bye.